Hey friends, this summer we wanted to do something really special and give you a behind the scenes look at some of our classic episodes. But before we do that, we have a quick announcement. We're planning a conference called Gather that will be this September 15th and 16th in Provo, Utah. And the event is being put on by a coalition of people that exist in the LGBTQIR Saints space. Yeah, it's going to be Christ-centered and church positive, and it will also be really expansive, including people on a variety of paths. So some of the speakers we have planned are Steve Young, Tom Christopherson, Liv Mendoza-Haynes, Megan Decker, Jesse Wilson, Michael Soto, Allison Dayton, Ben Shalati, what? and Charlie Bird. <laughs> it's going to be great. And you can get more details at gather-conference.com and come and gather with us this September. And hope you enjoy these classic episodes. All right, today we're talking about this episode with Stacey Harkey, what are the pros and cons of coming out? And this was a riot to listen back Stacey to. Stacey's very fun. The yeah. three of us are just so funny together. I loved it. It was so fun to listen to. I agree. I thought it was a blast. I was like, because when I pulled up the episode, I was like, it's just over an hour long. I was like, ugh. Right. <laughs> I thought I had a it went blast. so quick. Um, it was funny, though. Even from the, the get-go, our, our similarity and difference was that like i guess you'll hear it but ben came out in a park in provo and i came out parked in provo <laughs> and then stacy was like i came out parked in a park in provo <laughs> and then ben says today we're talking about what are the pros and cons of making out <laughs> and i was it was so funny and then you like i could like hear you blush and getting flustered <laughs> no i meant coming out it was so funny like i it just, I loved it. Maybe we should do an episode on the pros and cons of making out. <laughs> Maybe we should. Um, so uh, what were some of your thoughts about this episode as you listen back? So one of the things that Stacy said that I thought was really important um, is that when we come out, we shift people's paradigms. Yeah. And we cause them to think about things in different ways. And so you and I have talked about this, like you getting engaged, mm -hmm. you know, saying like, why do people care? Like this isn't about them, but it, but it does. Like, like our life makes people think about things and makes them uncomfortable. And I think that that causes a lot of defensiveness. Yeah. And I love that he, he was talking about how people want to find safety in a paradigm. And it's true. If, if life feels like it makes sense and the way you see it is how it is, that does feel like a very safe thing. Yeah. But if someone does something to shift that paradigm, it can feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's just, it puts, I mean, us in a, interesting situation where it's like my existence or my choice is like causing somebody else a paradigm shift yeah. and like how do you navigate that mm -hmm. how do you communicate especially if it's someone that's like a close friend or relative yeah and and some of the thoughts i had is, is we talk in the episode about um wanting to be kind not cause people discomfort and i've just been thinking about uh, this balance of making other people feel uncomfortable, also making sure that I'm comfortable and taken care of as well. Yeah. And 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 so you know, I realize that you know my identity as a gay Larry Saint is going to make people uncomfortable, and sometimes I'll you know I'll be I, okay with that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. because I just have to be me. Well, you asked a really good question. He was talking about the internal incongruence where if you're acting a different way in order to like fit in, you feel incongruent. And then you kind of like flipped that around and asked about what about when there's like people are inconvenienced and in how they view you, like you inconvenient. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You asked the question. It's so nice. And it just, um, I appreciate your mind. And it's just such an interesting thing to consider how coming out has this ripple effect. And it was really fun to talk about the really beautiful, amazing, uplifting things and the challenging things. Yeah. And, and just understanding that this is never a simple process. Yeah. That that it's always going to have complexities to it. I've actually felt a lot of the things that we were talking about again as I announced my engagement. Mm -hmm. um, because in a way it's coming out again. Um, it's like... I, I guess the paradigm shift for people. And one thing I mentioned in the episode was how like after I came out as gay, there were people who just slowly faded from my life and they didn't say anything, but I kind of understood that that was why. Um, and the same thing's happening again to me right now. And that's mm. really hard. Like even like people I grew up with or like extended family members who I'm like, cool, you don't interact with me anymore at all. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it does. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, obviously. 
but even still like the, the same thing is true we, we it was funny we talked about all these cons and we're like but seriously the pros are like nothing compared <laughs> to these cons like yeah. and there's just something about living authentically and sharing that truth and it attracts the right people to you mm-hmm. in a way that it's just so much better yep. so um yeah i love this episode it was awesome yeah and me, me too it's funny it's compelling it's long but it goes quick and i hope you love it yay Welcome to Questions from the Closet. I'm Ben Shalati. And I'm Charlie Bird. Each episode, we discuss a question that we commonly get asked as LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. We're not trying to answer this question or come to a consensus, but simply sharing our perspectives. Today's question is, what are the pros and cons of coming out? Ben and I are not terribly diverse, and we share many opinions and life experiences. For example, we both came out to our best friend first. However, there are some pretty big differences. For example, I came out to my best friends in a park in Provo, and Charlie came out to his best friend while parked in Provo. You know how, like, cops patrol the mountains and areas to, like, make sure everyone's, like, safe? I did not know that. They, like, spotlight people making out in their cars. I did not know that, actually. It looks sketchy, because we were up there, like, I was with my cousin, Rachel. It was, like, four in the morning, and I'm, like, sobbing in the passenger seat (laughs) coming out to her. And it was just funny afterwards. It was, like, people think we're, like having like a saucy moment in here when really I'm just like, I'm gay. <laughs> and she's like, Charlie, it's okay. I love you. <laughs> yeah. I came out in Kiwanis park. We just sat on some grass, me and my two best friends. That's so nice. I wrote a, written about a ton, talked about tons and the story's old hat. But I was thinking about this when we were like done talking, we were like walking back to my friend's house. They like just started talking about like normal stuff. And I was like, no, I want to keep talking about this. And we did. And that's what brings us here today. Ben is still here talking about being gay. <laughs> I'm like 14 years later, let's keep talking about this. <laughs> well, we'd like to provide a variety of voices and perspectives. So today we're joined once again by Stacy Harkey. Hey, guys. Hey, Stacy. Thanks for being a return guest. Oh, it's an honor. Well, this is like the only time we can like hang out. I'm like, I just want to hang out with Ben and Charlie. So I'll do the podcast as many times as you want. It's true. I see you at the gym and you're like, I'm over you. <laughs> Don't talk to me. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, Stacey, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, well, fun fact, not to one-up anyone, I actually came out to my best friend uh, while parked in a park in Provo. Oh. So, Which get park? on my level? I don't know. It was in, what's that park called? It's the um, Slate Canyon Park. Oh, oh Slate yeah. Canyon's nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. nice. But I want to see, though, I want to see, Charlie, I want to see that that cop experience of him knocking on your window thinking you guys are making out and you're like bawling. <laughs> I like that idea of him leaving and being like, like oh, it must oh. be pretty good. <laughs> oh my God. Don't act like you've never cried in a makeout session. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm an emotional creature. <laughs> Not to sound super naive, but that's not something that happens, right? Huh? Anyway, uh, so let's get on to the, to the know, question I think today. if you're in love, that happens. <laughs> right? We're getting off topic. Why not? <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about uh, weeping while making out. We're here we to should. talk about the pros and cons of making out. The pros and cons of coming out. Now, this is a topic I can explore for a while. <laughs> Stacey, it's good to have you back. All right, let's get to the topic. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the pros and cons of coming out <laughs> can we weave in pros and cons of making out while we talk about pros and cons you of can do whatever out? you want sure care for what you wish for that'll, that'll be the next episode we have stacy on for <laughs> oh my uh, gosh please <laughs> so this question was submitted by a listener and they said you guys always talk about how great it is to come out but like what are the cons of coming out like what are like what are the, ben- the, the benefits and the disadvantages of coming out so let's talk about that so we want to know stacy what is the worst thing that's happened to you since coming out since coming out <laughs> Like, does it have to be related to coming out? Or yes, just like, it has to be related to When I out. came out, COVID happened, and I think that was related for some reason. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I was... No, but... um, That was dramatic. I was trying to joke, actually. <laughs> oh, I was like, I'll give you something. You don't, you don't have to give I me I will words. give it to you. Just like, what, what are some ways, like, some, like, interesting or negative things that you saw, or, like, more challenging things that, that came with, with coming out? So there's, like, a superficial answer, and by superficial, not fake, just, like, not as deep, right? Where it's the concept of... How do people react when you come out? And that's always very scary. That's probably one of the scariest things you think about is like, oh my gosh, are they going to accept me or reject me? And honestly, I had one person who I still consider a close friend who she like rolled her eyes and she was like, of course, of course you're gay and was really frustrated. And then I think I identified that as, oh, I think she had a big crush on me Hmm. and a guy that she had been like engaged to like halfway through the engagement broke it off because he was gay. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. 
she just falls for us. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but that was like the most negative thing in coming out. And then we're still super close and we had a chance to chat it out. So, so the negative was that she'd made the situation about her and not about you. Well, I think she just was shocked and frustrated. She had a lot going on and I will never pin that on her. But I was kind of surprised. I was like, I thought we would celebrate this moment together. Yeah. But um, we were at an acai place, so it was going to be good. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the main thing there. But I think when it comes to like coming out, the pros and cons, I think it's helpful to explore maybe the long-term aspects of coming out. Which I think that, I mean, I imagine that's what you guys are wanting to talk about, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think when it comes to like the actual moment of coming out, there's a huge requirement for vulnerability, which can be difficult and kind of exhausting and scary. So in, in a way, I think that could be considered a con, especially if you're not used to like being deep or vulnerable. Uh, and actually you're not, because at this point, like coming out to someone, that's like the first time you're letting them into this, this part of you. Mm-hmm. So that can be difficult, but I wouldn't necessarily call that a con. And also when you're like offering like this super deep part of you and then like with your friend, like they don't quite accept that. Like it's not received in the way that you're offering it. That's that can be a painful experience. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just, just gonna say, almost all of my coming out experiences were really positive. I had like one or two, like not like yours, but like kind of letdowns. And I were walking away, just being like, "Well, that wasn't the best conversation." I like went on with my day. <laughs> but for the most part, for me, people were really awesome. Yeah, everyone was pretty chill. I think that's not the case for everyone, though. So as we talk about coming out, there are people where it's like there's situations where maybe it may not be safe for you to come out. It might be, you know, if it can jeopardize your like shelter or your ability, like food, water, your basic needs of survival, then maybe you might have to like be a little more strategic with your timing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's generally if people have like incredibly terrible households, you know, that kind of thing. But that's not, I don't think that's the majority. Yeah. And I think there are some people who really surprised me like in their reaction, in their positive reaction. Like who? Like my dad. (laughs) Yeah. It's all in my book. I know. Actually, your dad spoke at your book launching, and uh-huh. I thought yeah. I was so touched. Yeah. I was like, man, you're so cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's a cool dude. My dad surprised me, too. He was like, you know, he's such a macho Texas Southerner, you know, black Baptist. And if anyone's wondering, I am black. <laughs> Just in case you're like, what did he claim? I was really worried about him being like, oh, man, this man of a son I thought I had is all of a sudden a sissy. And he, when I came out to him, he was just like, at first he thought it was a joke because I, I prank him a lot. Same, <laughs> so, actually. Yeah, my dad was like, man, I know you're recording this. And I was like, no, dad, I'm gay. Your boy's gay. And he was like, okay, well, this makes me really sad. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was like, why, dad? And he was like, well, I just breaks my heart to know you've had to carry this by yourself for so long. And I was Aww. like, ah, father. <laughs> but uh, that was, it really turned on its head for me. Like, it, it was a good sign that like, my dad loves me and he wants me to be happy and healthy more than anything else. Yeah. Regardless of what I thought. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I'm trying to think of more cons. Like, oh, I got a list. Okay, bring I, I made a list too. Let's oh, you go. did? Yeah. I All mean, right. I just shared some thoughts. Oh, okay. Well, I have like seven things on my list. How well, tell me have? if this happened to you. <laughs> I feel like there were some people that I used to be really close to that have like, like slowly faded out of my life. And I think it's because they're uncomfortable with me. Really? Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I don't, I can't like say exactly, but after I came out was when the fading started. So that has been kind of weird. And it, and it hasn't really been like traumatic or terrible because it's just been like a slow burnout, but it just kind of makes me sad. I'm like, I'm still the same person, you know? Yeah. And so I don't know if that happened for everyone, but it, it happened to me. And some of the people that like, I thought we were closer to, I was like, Oh, I guess I make them uncomfortable now. So to your point, I think I have a, a, a point on my list. That's kind of similar. There are certain struggles that come from being a minority, right? It's like, we know that mm-hmm. like being, on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, there are certain disadvantages that just come from like just existing as we are, which is really unfortunate, right? Being gay is kind of interesting. It's different from being black because I can hide the fact that I'm gay. Mm. You know what I mean? But I can't really hide, you know, I don't walk in somewhere and someone's like, wait a second, you know, <laughs> where is this? What's this? Word? But um, being gay is interesting because once you come out and I guess decide to embrace this part of you, however you want to look at that, it's almost like entering the minorities field. It's like, you're like taking on this, like, okay. And there's some things we struggle with as minorities that regardless of people know you're gay or not, you'll experience, but especially with how other people treat you, you're like, are deciding you're like, all right, I'm going to now be a minority. And that can be kind of hard and kind of scary. Yeah. So Stacey, I'm curious about this. So you like someone who's gay, they know that they're a minority before they tell people, even if they're hiding. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. for you, what, what was the difference between being like a hidden minority and like an open minority? It's actually really cool because I don't know if I talked about this last time, but being black was really helpful in 
coming out and being gay because I'm already had like experience with people treat me a certain way for reasons I couldn't control for people having an idea of me for, and not knowing me at all people opposing certain rights to life and equality for no reason I already had experiences like that so coming out was really helpful but one of the main differences is the fact that I could just I can hide it you know what I mean mm-hmm. I can walk in somewhere and be like you know what I just want to go to the grocery store I don't need to be like to have to worry about being gay right now or someone thinking this so I'm just gonna like Put on my straight face and, you know, not that that's a thing, but you know what I mean? It's almost the mindset of like, I don't have to disclose this. I could just go about my day. Yeah. yeah. Being black, can't do that. You okay. know what I mean? So that was great. What I was asking though. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I really love that answer. Was, uh, what's the difference between, be, between being like a hidden LGBTQ minority oh. and an open and like open? Because, the, because you know you're oh, a minority gotcha. before you tell people. Gotcha. Sorry. That's meant between. Okay. Yeah. I think, and this might go into some of the pros of being, of coming out. It's, there's a burden, and I know you guys know this, there's a burden you carry when you are something that is not disclosed, when you like feel like you can't move through your space authentically being you. There's a burden you carry. And depending on to what degree you're trying to hide that, that is a lot of mental energy and a lot of emotional weight, right? And I feel like once you're, once, and I didn't even realize how big of a shift it was because it just became a part of my day to day was hiding this part of being gay and like, you know, whatever. I yeah. took a lot of, I, I don't know about you guys, I took so much energy into hiding that I was gay. Like, I would, even to the way I would check my nails, I'd be like, oh totally. no, mm-hmm. I can't, my palm has to be facing me when I curl my nails in because that looks straighter than looking at them flared out with the back of my hand to me. It was like little things, even checking the bottom of my shoe. Like, it was just like little, every single act required mental effort and energy it's like a anyway, that's paranoia yeah it was a part of my day to day I didn't even realize it so once I came out and started like navigating what does that mean now that I'm out like how what is that can I navigate being just like myself I didn't mean I was like now I can paint my nails even though I'll do that if you want to but it was just like I could I just let go of like a heavy burden this burden of constantly analyzing everything Mm -hmm. this weight was taken off of me and with that became a boost of like mental energy creative energy that i could put into other things i wasn't constantly worried about like oh my gosh what are people thinking how how am i being perceived i was like you know you know what i don't have to worry about that i can also and i i write sketches and act like for a living so i'm like oh i can like write a script now i don't have to this energy that generally went into like being an actor my whole life could all of a sudden go into like other aspects. Actual acting. <laughs> Actual. <laughs> so I went from an actor to a better actor is what I'm saying. No, um, I, yeah, it's just like my, ment- I had just so much freed up mental energy and it was, I was like actually shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just reminded, I, this is kind of like, uh, what, it's actually kind of sad, but I, I trained myself to check girls out. Did you do that too? Yep. And so I remember one time, like, like guys would be like, oh, I saw you checking out her butt. And I'd be like, yes. You're like, this. and I'm just like, <laughs> you fell for the trap. Like, You're beautiful. And I hope no one ever objectifies you. Sorry that I just did. Try to I'm straight. <laughs> I, I would, uh, I would hundred percent train myself to do. This is so weird to fit into the misogyny. I would do like double takes, you yeah, know, I'd linger like, oh, longer girl. looks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I trained myself to never look at guys. Never. Oh, Definitely. Which I think, you know, there's some benefits to being good at self-control and more straight men could probably benefit from that. But um, I was just, yeah, 100% like that kind of stuff. And I remember honestly noticing, because I was so good at it, noticing when other people did it weird, <laughs> did it poorly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, super hmm. weird. <laughs> you like, you checked her out wrong. Something's awry. I gotcha. You clocked. <laughs> Another thing I, I was reminded of when we were talking about like kind of almost like a hidden minority status. Mm is something I wasn't really prepared to is how many times I would have to come out. You you have to come out pretty much every time. I mean, you don't have to, but like as I meet new people in my life, I will eventually, if I get close to them, have to come out to them. And so it's kind of like this ongoing process of coming out over and over and over. And I think that was especially like surprising to me because I came out very publicly and was like on national news stations for being gay. And I'm still like, no, I don't have a girlfriend. I'm gay. Like that, that's probably going to happen to me like for the rest of my life. And it just, it gets easier and easier. And it's not like every time is me sobbing in the passenger seat (laughs) (laughs) as the cops like, Hey, are you guys okay in there? (laughs) But, but like there, there is like, I just keep having to do it over and over. Do you find that exhausting? No, I think I've gotten pretty good at doing it in a very casual way. That's how it's changed for me is in the beginning. It was like, sit down. Hold my hand. Right. Look me in my eyes. Well, I, I think the, the hard, 
I think the hard part now with coming out is like, I don't want to make someone else feel uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I'm not expecting that information. Yeah. <laughs> but is that our job? I don't know. Like, it, like It kind of is, but it's kind of not like if I'm watching a, a TV show, I'll be like, Oh, he's cute. And then like, boom, I just came out. Right. So, so like, it's so like when I was a temple worker in the Provo temple, I wear a rainbow ring and I would purposely take it off mm. when I went to work in the temple. Cause I like didn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And also I like, didn't want to be told anything like rude in the temple. Well, see, see, I feel like that's different. That's not you trying to make them comfortable. That's like you feeling unsafe in a, in a religious space and because people are going to make assumptions about you or try to give you advice that you know better than. Yeah. And I, I think it's part of that, but it's also like, I know people don't always know how to respond. I just didn't want to like put them in an awkward space as well. Ben, Ben, I get it. I thought about this when it comes to church. Cause it's like the idea of like, I like going to church and I want the guys I'm dating to feel comfortable going with me even, you know? And so when I go to church though, I mean, even though I'm like a pretty physically affectionate person, I'm like pretty hands on. I'm always like, ah, like grabbing someone's head so or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Hansy, I'm, I'm like annoying. I'm like constantly like poking and like, it's like weird physical affection. That's but um, the basic is the basis is like, I would generally hold my boyfriend's hands anywhere. Right. Yeah. But in an LDS chapel, am I all of a sudden like, am I doing it? Am I not doing it out of fear or would I not do it out of like, like you know what? Disruption. I, get that, I get that people feel a different way here and I'm not here to shake things up. I want to be comfortable. Maybe I'm not going to hold hands to put other people in an uncomfortable situation, which is interesting. I don't know how I feel about that, but I've thought about that and I was like, you know, I, yeah, I think I'm okay with it. That is, it, it's, I feel like that's a unique space, mm-hmm. but for that basis of like, sometimes you don't want to make people uncomfortable. You get like the harmony of the moment, but there are other times when you just, you gotta like be yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough situation. I think the the most difficult thing and like the biggest, I guess, con of coming out for me is that I'm like a subject of public assumption a lot more. And like, I, I can't even count how many apologies I've received via text or like Instagram messages of like, hey, I thought, well, okay, well, first of all, like when I came out, everyone thought I was just like super how do I put this in a podcast where everyone just thought I was DTF all the time, like Uh always. And everyone was like, Oh, he's gay. He's out. Like Charlie will hook up. And I'm just like, no single and ready to mingle. Yeah. I'm like, that's not really what it is, you know? And so I really didn't like those assumptions that by, by saying that I was gay, other people would superimpose their ideals or like think that I was living a less moral life because Mm. literally nothing changed in my life. I was just like, I'm gay. Mm. It was just a piece of information. But then I think even like more upsetting than that or like frustrating to me is that I ended up writing my book and we have this podcast and I've been like really trying to, to like build understanding in this space in a helpful way. And there are people that like misinterpret what I'm doing without looking into it. So what do you mean? Mm -hmm. So like people expect what my book is going to be about. And then mm. it's going to be about like me struggling with same sex attraction and putting away my feelings and saying that you can do it too. You can be just like me. And I get it. Cause that's kind of what the rhetoric has been in the past, mm. but it's really annoying that like, rather than getting to know me, if I say I'm gay, they like superimpose a bunch of what they think gay is. And if I say I'm in the church, they superimpose what they think being in the church is mm. without actually getting to know me. It's so like, that- it's very Twitter culture where it's like totally. you respond to a headline without reading the article. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You're like, oh, I know what this means. Yeah. So a lot of people have like read my book and been like, hey, I'm just getting on to apologize because I've been like talking crap about you for a year and a half ever since you came out. <gasps> and I'm just like, that really happened? Yeah, all the time. Oh my gosh. They're like, Spill I the thought tea. you were like, profile? The, yeah. They're like, I thought you were this church puppet. And, was, and I was like, thanks. Like, I'm glad oh. you read it now. And you know that that's really not the case, you know? Yeah. And so I think just with labels in general, there is an increased margin of error to mm-hmm. misunderstand someone and not really move in and get to know who they are. Interesting. And that's been difficult for me. That so, reminds me of this quote that I love from this Ted talk by Chimimanda Adichie, where she says the problem with stereotypes isn't that they're untrue, but that they're incomplete. Yeah. And I think people look at us in incomplete ways so often. Yeah. And uh, probably from all sorts of angles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or they take like a little piece of the story and, and I don't know, I just like, like don't assume what someone believes without listening. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if people want to know what I believe about being gay and being a member of the church, like I've created so many resources and they can listen to the podcast. They can read the book. They can talk to my friends. They can talk to me, but it's just, I, I think that's like best practice before you judge someone understand who they are. Yeah. So kind of like you, so you're, you're kind of saying 
one of the struggles of coming out is like it's like stepping into a box that people have already formed preconceived notions about precisely like like there are people who like right now think that i am a servant of satan and doing satan's bidding by being openly gay and then people who think that i am like like so pious that i am like being controlled by my religion and that horrible when you're like i belong to both of these communities and yet i feel so ostracized by both of them in some ways yeah Mm -hmm. that's like so unfair it's like and and i'm just saying that out loud it's like no one wants that but also we have these like paradigms that we live our life by. We have these like orders and structures that make sense. And if something challenges that paradigm, it, it's kind of scary. And instead of like reacting, instead of being like, this makes me nervous or uncomfortable, I want to understand it. We react like with hostility or mm-hmm. vitriol. Or there's maybe some past bitterness that comes out. And I think honestly, my whole thing is like, I think a lot of times people are just like fighting to, find safety in a paradigm like when i came out my mom wasn't like you're gay no but it was more so like uh okay you're gay what does that mean about what i believe about eternal families Mm -hmm. what does that mean about all my beliefs how are these hinged together no no like it's like a scary place to even go you know what i mean yeah, but I, I think I think that can also be like a really beautiful opportunity to to grow and shift with new information and just because a paradigm shakes doesn't mean it like is completely obliterated. Mm -hmm. Like there can still be like harmony and truth there. I think we know is, I think that's like a very mature thing that as we grow, we have to constantly like reassess what we believe. And if what you believe is good and true, it will hold up and you will grow from that experience. And if what you believe is wrong, then this is a cool chance for you to like, maybe look at a, a way to maybe like look at that and grow from it. I just feel like, we, I mean, from a church perspective to life, we are built on progress. Look at how we lived our lives in the 1960s, civil rights era. We like we look for progress and we change the way we live our life. Um, and we get better. Even from a church perspective, we constantly challenge what we believe in an effort to make it stronger, you yeah. know, and become more committed to it. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable, that's a sign of growth. Yeah. yeah. Well, Analyze. What, don't be scared. What I'm hearing you guys say is the pro and con of coming out is we're going to be challenging people's paradigms. Yeah. And that is... A pro, but the con is that people might react defensively to a challenge of their paradigm. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if this is directly tied to coming out or just acknowledging that you're gay yourself, but I think you have to even challenge your own paradigm. It's as you come out, you're like, what does that mean about me? Like, I, you have to kind of like reanalyze your identity to some degree where it's like, what does that mean about me? How do I, how does that dictate that I navigate my life now? And I think in a lot of situations, like Charlie said earlier, it's like, you know what? I'm still the same guy. You know, and now people know. But I think in a lot of a lot of ways, like for me, I all of a sudden was identifying actions that I had done, like checking out women, <laughs> or that I'd never wanted to do, and I had to reanalyze. Now that I'm out, like, what can I? What does that mean? What is it? What What do I do now? Yeah, I don't it, know. Yeah, it was almost for me. It was like beginning the process of learning who I am and Ooh. unlearning all of the things that I tried to force myself into. So it was like, what is truly me? What is my core? And what is ways I've been trying to fit in because mm-hmm. I felt like I had to. Have I talked to you guys about this concept uh, of embracing yourself and authenticity? Talk about it. <laughs> Are you done? I feel like I jumped in the middle. No, of bring it. Okay. So I have just such just strong feelings on this concept that to find congruency in your own life, to feel harmonious with who you are and like settled in a sense, you have to first embrace yourself and then be authentic. And I define that embracing yourself as the inward process of learning who you are, learning your, like you were saying, Charlie, like learning what your preferences are and what you are. And I think that comes from exploring and trying different things. Like, are you a Coke person or a Dr. Pepper person? That's like a really light way to put it. But I think in order for me, that was like me learning not just about sexuality, but like, I mean, part of that was acknowledging that I was gay. And another part was like, you know, acknowledging that I need a certain amount of recharge after spending time with people. It's just learning yourself. Right. So that's embracing yourself. And the second part is authenticity. And that is the outward expression of what you've and learned about yourself. Yeah. So living in a way that reflects what you identify about yourself. And I feel like if what you feel on the inside, the process of embracing yourself and how you express that is off, you will experience incongruence. You'll mm-hmm. feel not settled with yourself. And I think a part of finding like contentment with yourself is getting those on the same area embracing who you are and then living in a way that expresses that outwardly being authentic. That's yeah. my thoughts. So what was it like for you when, when you came out and then you caused incongruence in how people saw you? Like they saw you a certain way. They said, mm, that's a good question. Um, and I also have a big platform on this concept too, where, you know what? My, I just say it all the time. It's like, do your best 
do what's what's good between you and the Lord and leave the rest to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, if someone has a problem with how I live my life, that sounds like their personal problem. You know, it's one thing if my dad comes up to me and he's like, I'm worried about your health. That's like one thing. But if I'm like on a date and someone comes up to me and they're like, I have a problem with this, I'm going to be like, hey, that sounds like something you should work out with yourself. Good luck. That doesn't sound like it. It's, it involves me. So when other people have an issue with how I'm living my life, depending on how close they are, if they want to talk about it or whatever, it's their problem. What a terrible burden to take upon yourself to like, live in a way to try to solve that problem for people mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah we just can't live in a way that we're trying to make other people feel comfortable mm-hmm. or I, even like i mean i think it's a little different than that too because like we constantly change our behavior and in order to make people feel comfortable like the way i talk to you guys is not the way i'm going to talk to my grandma you know right. what i mean and it's not because i'm going to be fake with my grandma it's because i know that to, the way to interact with her and a way that we can connect and make make her feel comfortable is not going to be using all the slang terms I use with my friends. You know what I mean? So I think it's a little more than than comfort. But if I have to change who I am to be around someone, that's a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go around my dad and I have to be like, all right, can't be this way, can't be this way, but this is who I am. That's a huge situation or situ- problem, I think. Yeah, it's almost like a dance between allowing people like, the benefit of the doubt and patience and grace, but also remaining authentic at the same time. Yeah. And I think a part of that is not being afraid of the awkward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like someone asked me about how my girlfriend's doing. Like I was talking to my barber. I mean, when huh? I came out to my barber, yeah, he was like, yo, so, and my barber is just, <laughs> he's probably not going to listen to this podcast. He is girl crazy. The man will be, women will walk by and he'll be like, yo, stop, look, 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 look. I'm like, okay, I get, I get it. Was she, I saw, I saw her. He's like, what do you think of like Jennifer Lopez? Tell me everything. Like, you know, one day I was in the barber's chair and he was like, yo, tell me about the girls in your life. You got any honeys, you know? And I was like, honeys? No, but I got this guy I'm really into. And he was like, hold up. <laughs> like you're, you're gay. And like for this moment, it was like super awkward. And I was like, you know what? I can make him feel comfortable and say, you know, I could have just been like, you know, yeah, honeys are great. Or I could just be myself and we could get past this little hurdle and get closer. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, cool. What's well, about the guy in your life? Tell me about this guy. And then we just moved on Aww. at a moment of awkward. That's I know it was cute. really cool, actually. But essentially, the takeaway, I think, is if making other people comfortable means you have to change who you are, it's probably not a good sign. Yeah. You know, as I was thinking about this, another thing that's kind of been like difficult or awkward is because I'm gay, I, f- I feel like everyone expects me to know everything and educate everyone <laughs> on other issues, especially like being transgender. Mm. And I'm like, I know some, but I'm not the point of reference for this. I, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I have friends and I'm like doing my best to, to understand and support and figure out how to be an ally. But like a white gay male should not be your like main go-to point of reference to understand someone who's transgender or like a cis gay male. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or white. Cis yeah. Thank gay, you. Yeah. See, <laughs> we'll, but, we'll get it in there. Yeah. We're learning. And, and, and so like, and, but, but that's like kind of like, uh, I guess a more dramatic example of like, I'm expected to speak for my entire identity on like a broad scale and also anybody else who has a differing gender or sexual identity. And I'm just like, that's too much. Welcome. That is part of the minority struggle. It is the minority struggle where it's like, whether you like it or not, you are an ambassador to this small group of people you represent to the majority. And it's not fair. And I think we're getting better about it as a community where it's like, you know, not all, not one black person speaks for all black people. Not one gay man speaks for all gay people or even like other people on the LGBTQ spectrum. You know, yeah. So I think that's really cool, but it's also just like one of those minorities things where it's like, for now on, people will see your behavior as a gay person, as a gay man, and be like, "This must be how all gay men are." And you're like, "No, no, 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 no. I, I prefer Diet Coke. That's not all gay men." You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this like weird thing that happens when you're a minority surrounded oh, so, by a majority. So you're gay and you prefer the more feminine version of Coke? Oh, <laughs> fem- is that what Diet Coke is? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Diet Coke with a lime, definitely gay. Well, Stacey, as you were talking about this, I remember, I remember being like explicitly told that like as a Mormon, which is a word we could say back then, that like I represented my whole faith mm-hmm. and that it was like my job Ooh, to like make man, the faith look good. Something. And so, struggle, baby. And so I, I wonder if it was like we have to be the model minority was like 
baked into me. It's like mm-hmm. superimposed onto all other identity traits. It, it really is. Any any minority group, that's how mm. it is. You know what I mean? You like meet a foreign exchange student for Korea in your school and people will be like, that's how every Korean is. It's just like that. And, I, and the same as, as, as like an LDS, remember the LDS faith, like growing up and where are you from, Ben? I'm from the Seattle area. Seattle, yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe there weren't like buku no, amounts def- of, you know, Mormons or whatever running around. But people would watch you and be like, every Mormon must, you know, well, I think, like ben. ben, the point you're trying to make, Ben, is that, like, we were told that's how it was. Like, if I were to do something that wasn't, like, super Mormon in high school, like, don't do that, because then that's a bad rap on all of us. The weight of the church is on your shoulders. The weight yeah. of the church is I, on your I shoulders. I think that was actually the exact wording. Uh, ooh, really? or, 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 like, the, well, reputa- like, like like the reputation of the church is on, is on my well, shoulders. Well, and that's how it is as a missionary. It's like, you are a representative of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, so everything you do will reflect the church and the Savior. And so are you saying, are you trying to say that like, as Latter-day Saints, that could kind of like, we have a tendency to do that to other types of people who are different than us? Definitely. Because it's so rooted in us that that's how it is. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's a really good distinction to make, but I honestly just feel like it's like everyone does it everywhere. Not saying it's just Mormons, but I think... We might take that a little differently. It's just like whether you like it or not, people will judge well, your group, like and it's not fair. There are it's unfair. There are some like like there. I guess I'm saying like there's a benefit of getting to know someone and like put like orienting yourself to a different identity or someone who's different from you. That's like a nice point of reference to like start with. You're onto something, but, and, and, and I like it. I and, see where you're going. And, I think I feel like that's a really beautiful thing. Like. If if so, if no one's ever met a gay person in their life and they meet Stacy and they're like, oh, like this is kind of how a gay person is, like this is how Stacy is and he's gay and that can kind of like orient you in in a place. But if you just keep it there and well, don't like add more, uh-huh. and, like, then that's the benefit of being exposed to different um, perspectives. Because like, say for instance, you don't know any gay person and it's exposure. Say for instance, you don't know any gay person and you meet Jeffrey Dahmer. He's the one gay guy you know, and he's like a murderer. You know what I mean? It's like. You need to have you need to have but, more exposure. Is he the guy from just, the Katy Perry song? Oh, it, this is really dark. But he would like murder people and like eat people and had like a bunch oh, of dead shoot. bodies. Yeah, Ugh. it's a different podcast. But uh, but he is in a Katy Perry song. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know about him. Wait, she's, is he in the song like the lyrics? He's in the rap. Yeah, da, 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 the one where she's in Egypt in the music video. She says Jeffrey Dahmer. Da, da, da. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> How do you go find this song? But yeah, but I mean, like the thing is that they're everyone's different, right? People are different, and so if you only know one gay person, you only have one point on this graph. It's like you need to expose yourself to different people. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, everyone's like, dark horse, dark horse, dark horse. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. I got I got race on the mind. (laughs) I can move on now. Sorry, but. So what I'm hearing you guys say is the pro and con of coming out is you get to educate people like that's a pro like that's cool but the con is that comes at a certain cost for sure and it can I, be exhausting like you never know yeah. when it's going to be thrust upon you to speak for your entire generation I, I talk to people about this all the time when it comes to the minority struggle I'm like you have to like know that people will especially in this kind of community where it's not common for people to come out or not maybe always encouraged or welcomed know that people will see you and think about your community but also at the same time tap out when you need to take a breather because yeah. it's, it's a really big burden and can feel kind of overwhelming sometimes and it's honestly not your responsibility yeah mm-hmm. I, I think before i came out i had a, a bunch of like paranoias or preconceived notions about the issues i would face as a gay person especially mm. a religious gay person um did you and, have any fake paranoias that you're like this didn't happen oh a ton what for example i i, I don't know if i can like make a list i could probably think of them but just I, one if you could just give me one <sighs> Because I think you're lying. I'm just kidding. No, I think you're telling the truth. But I'm I, just like, I thought there would be like overt rejection. Mm. Like you'd be like, "Hi, I'm Charlie," and they'd be like, "You have a gay one." Ugh. Right? Yeah. Mm. And and I just like you know you you get in your head and you make up a bunch of I'm I'm like the king of falsifying scenarios, and, and I'm super dramatic and creative. So like there were some <laughs> there, there were like some dramatic creative ways that I was being ostracized before I came out. <laughs> Did you ever imagine someone doing it and you'd be kind of upset with that person? Oh yeah, and I'm like I've fighting with a fake person well, I'm in like the shower and I'm just like and then I'm gonna say this and, and then it and then they're like it happens and I'm just like oh like this is pretty chill we had a good conversation yeah but so so in a way it was a pro to like take away all like the fake versions of what I thought would happen right but then it was also difficult to see that like there actually are ways like unknown unforeseen ways that it is hard to fit in society or like the actual differences in the way 
I am treated by society or organizations mm-hmm. or institutions versus say my brother who like looks just like me and we act like we're very similar right but like y'all do look like little doppelgangers <laughs> once like blonde my old twin he's the blonde me yeah it is difficult to see like oh this is like discrimination like a thousand percent discrimination right here and i'm like hello this is discrimination and everyone's like no it's not you're gay and i'm like that's what i'm saying <laughs> you're like, like you're it's different though because you're gay and i'm like that's you, 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 it sounds like you want to get you, it but you're just not, yeah i think this kind of goes into a pro of coming out where it's like it makes the community better you existing as yourself makes it better for other people mm-hmm. you guys doing this podcast is taking a tremendous strain off of kids whose parents are hearing this podcast that might be you know identify as gay like you guys being out and present makes it better for other people because you're you're already like affecting people and so i one guy had this mentality and it was like a long it was like a long time ago he was just like everyone should come out because once they see how many gay people they are the, I mean, like, how can you not change being like, oh, everyone around me, you know, yeah. which is not that's not how it is. Not everyone around you, but everyone knows someone who is gay. Just statistics. You if, know, if you don't know someone who's gay, you should like assess your life and see if you're a safe person. Yeah. Or maybe get to know more people yeah. <laughs> in a box. Anywhere. But I, I think that's a really astute point. But also just like you coming out will, whether you know it or not, will make it better for other people, because as more of us come out. Like, not only are we just more present existing as we are showing people like, oh, there's a lot more gay people. I should maybe change how I think about this thing. But also we create support, even if we're not attempting to. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So I guess we're going to shift into more some of the pros. It's funny because as oh. we talk about the cons, we're like, but that's also a pro. But now mm-hmm. I want to like specifically focus on pros because I like for me, I honestly think that the cons are a very small price to pay for the value of the pros. Yes. And they're kind of hard to think of. We had to stretch. Like, yeah, like, like, like I, I spent like an hour. I'm like, okay, what are the bad things about being out? And, mm-hmm. and like, they're there, but I wouldn't even say they're bad because it's just like, if it's like a transaction, I'm like paying a dollar to get a Ferrari. Uh, okay. That's Ooh. an, that's an investment. And what I'm are we trying. talking about? <laughs> that's great. The first one that I can think of being out, you don't have to live in a lie. Oh, the burden is gone. To, you don't have to invent a reality. There is relief. There is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much healthier. You can put so much energy, in, and I guess we talked about this, into other things. Yeah, you don't like, have to like, yeah. Like self-actualization. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Oh. Yeah, it's really healthy to not have to hide. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> then it, it looked like you had something like so poignant. I was like, oh, Ben's about to throw it down. Ben's like, about to hit us. <laughs> well and then another thing that i really liked for me is people stopped asking me about marriage i was like thank you Mm. thank you for not trying to make me date your niece all the time because i don't want to date her you know honestly that was like because i came out publicly the same time i right before i turned 31 Uh and so i graduated without honors from the singles ward and so people like Ben, (laughs) ben was like they were like ben didn't get married he didn't succeed at marriage and he's gay. So everyone just like stopped caring about my marriage. And it was so nice to like not get set up anymore. And yeah. um, people get less of my business. I will say, I do feel like I'm at a point now where people stop asking me about relationships and marriage. And now they're like asking me again, but like in a way that, you know, is as with my sexual orientation. Are, yeah. yeah. People that are like, Oh my gosh, let me set you up. I have the coolest, coolest cousin. He's a lawyer. And I'm like, I'm listening. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it kind of feels cool. It feels like the pendulum swung from like, this was the normal. Oh no, he's gay. I don't want to talk about it. To like, oh no, he's gay. And this is normal, which is kind of cool. Yeah. When you were talking about being your authentic self, I feel like I have a much greater sense of autonomy in who I am mm-hmm. and, and almost like permission to be the real me. And so somehow like, as I was hiding my orientation, I like was assessing and hiding way too many things and like giving myself the permission to accept my orientation also gave myself the permission to accept all parts of me, even those that I was hiding because it wasn't directly stemming from my orientation just because I was like wanting to fit in. Yes. So, so I, now know, I like, mouthed it. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, now if I want to like dance, I'm going to dance. If I wanted to listen to dark horse by Katy Perry, I'm going to do it. You and I like, know the name. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like if I'm, if I want to cross my legs, I'm going to cross my legs. If I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just don't think about me and I'm just like, I'm going to be me because I want to. 
I am a huge believer that like these areas of our mental, like areas of health, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, they overlap like Olympic rings, mm-hmm. right? And when one gets like it's pulled down the others get pulled down a bit they like kind of affect each other nice visual and so i know i wish people could see my hands just like going together. <laughs> wave. so i think i think the same thing with my sexuality with like my mental health and my phys- physical health and sexual health just being like aware of who i am once that started getting better other elements of my life got better too like yeah. straight up it's like my mental health was better my physical health was better my spiritual health was better and i think it's because those areas correlate and when you stop one part of your life you like whether you know it or not are are hurting other areas yeah and once you remove your greatest stressor you have less stress preach it's really nice yeah, preach and, and what, one thing I want to say is like we've all had like really positive experiences you know for some people like coming out is really traumatic and just like makes things worse true and well I think we all got to come out on our own terms that's mm-hmm. true I mean how old were you guys when you came out I was almost 31 I started coming out at like 22 and publicly at 25 yeah, yeah so I, out, I first came out when I was 23 but then publicly at almost then 31 then you have to like change your answer for <laughs> so, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> Ben's trying to look better than me again. I just want to get like some more nuance you know <laughs> I, was like, I was like a baby when I realized and came out no um, I uh, I was 30 and I was depending on myself I didn't depend on anyone else I had a job yeah. I, you know like we came out in a space of privilege mm-hmm. for sure and we had a sense of maybe more autonomy and control in our mm-hmm. own lives where maybe it's not the same for teens and yeah. kids. If you don't feel like you have control, like I would, I would search really hard for places where you do have control and autonomy mm-hmm. in relationships where you do feel more authentic and more safe and start there and kind of like build up. Well, one of the ways I like had this odd privilege was like, I had the privilege of like living a life that didn't fit with people's stereotypes about being gay. And so, for example, people would be like, well, Ben, you just haven't tried hard enough to get married. Mm. Like, well, I've been on 27 blind dates. I've been out with more than 100 women. Like, I tried harder than most people. So take that. Or they'd be like, well, maybe you you seem to like be more faithful. Like, I go to the temple every week and I read my scriptures every day and I write my journal. You're saying like, because you are a return missionary, been on so many dates, people believed you more? Yes. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like mm-hmm. when you look like you're doing everything, the doctor can't prescribe anything new, right? He's mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, good luck. You know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I think some people don't have that privilege. And so, it, so Ben's <laughs> like, wait 10 years and be a valiant Latter-day Saint, <laughs> and then no one can hate you when <laughs> you come out. <laughs> well, that's not true. Uh, I'll give you a list of my haters. Check the emails. But, you know, I, I just like, I just want to recognize that for some people, coming out was going to be really hard for them mm-hmm. yeah. and like the family isn't going to react well or the friends might not react well or church leaders might not re- might not react well and uh, i think that like i was in a very privileged p- place just because of who i am and how i lived that mm-hmm. people were prepared mm-hmm. to to take this piece of information they weren't expecting i yeah. i think that's a really good point i in my process of embracing who i was i got to this point where i was wanting to be more authentic and i needed to come out i was going to explode right and so i think charlie what you said is just like a great rule of thumb if you're in that position where you're like needing to come out but you don't feel like you're in a safe place uh maybe identify is it if it's possible identify someone or some place that is safe for you that you can express yourself within for me it's confiding in um a best friend that I knew was a safe place. He already had made it apparent that I, that, you know, he'd like let it slip already that he was like, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with being gay. And I knew he was a safe place already. And I was able to come out to him before I was ready to come out to anyone else in a way that felt safe and maybe feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that Ben, like I'm realizing that I came out with a very strong contingency plan Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm gay, but also I'm Cosmo, right? Like I'm the guy that you all love. And that's, in a way, how you were, Stacey, you were like, I'm from Studio C and you all love me. And yeah. so like, I feel like people, I, I had inherent value before I came out to people. And, and I was yeah. like, maybe if they don't like me, then it'll make up for the, you know, which is sad. That's, I thought of myself as a Trojan horse where I was like, people had already totally. like invited me into their homes. That's they were really excited nice. to have me. And then I was like, ha ha. <laughs> I, I, I pulled off my mask to reveal me. See, Charlie literally pulled off hey, the mask. That's my analogy. <laughs> oh, it is. I use that analogy all the time. <laughs> well, it's just because the mascot, you know. You should, oh, write, a book, you should write a book called I Pulled Off the Mask. I pull, wait, what's your book called again? Without the Mask. Without the Mask. I'll call my, mine will be like Within the Mask. I'll make a little bit brighter shade of blue. How dare you? I'll tell you who my photographer was. You can wear the jacket I wore on the cover. 
I'm gonna do that now. It's just a joke. It's just like just a like, like an April my Fool's book. prank. Um, but yeah. what were we just talking about? Well, well just like who oh, to coming come out, out to privilege. Yeah. yeah so, so one thing that so I two weeks ago I was having like it was tough stuff was happening with my family. I was like really worn out. My mom got put into assisted living. It's all fine, but just. I don't need to be cryptic about it, I guess. And Out Magazine wrote an article about me that was terrible. And so I started getting, like, some hate messages from people, and it, like, affected me deeply. Like, I was, like, crushed. And I just didn't have the emotional bandwidth to handle it because of family stuff. And then I had, like, I had, like, my weekly staff meeting with, like, the staff in the Honor Code office. And we are, like, so tight and so close. And I, like... They're some of my closest friends. And I like told them all what had happened and people were like, oh, Ben, they like rallied around me and like we joked it off. And like by the end of it, I was like feeling so much better. And like my takeaway from that moment was when I feel attacked, I need to surround myself with people who will defend me. And you have to let them in. Yes. You have to let them in. And so you, you need to find people who will be your defenders. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was, there was going to be like some LGBT thing happening at BYU. And, and one of the administrators was like worried about the student who was going to be really open in it. And he's like, well, what do we do if she gets hate? And I said, well, we're going to make sure we're with her that day oh. so that if anything happens, she'll be with us. Mm-hmm. And we did. And it was fine. And like the hate we were expecting like didn't come. But, you know, if coming out or, or being more open is going to be tough, and, you know, for me, it's been really important to make sure I'm with people who are going to defend me. I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. My friends and like kind of tying you and Charlie's points together, my friends that I worked with in studio C and that I'm with in JK studios now are like my biggest supporters. I came up to them before I came out and I was like, guys, I'm going to come out and this can be really bad for our business. We have a strong LDS conservative following and people might think that just my mere existence isn't family friendly or isn't, isn't something good, which is kind of a red flag. You should probably analyze. But um, my friends were like, they like looked me straight dead up in my face and were just like, listen, if someone has that issue and they want to like not participate in what we're doing, like we would rather not have them. You know what I mean? It's like, let them unfollow, let them not absorb our content. We don't want that. And I was just like, oh, and when I did come out, they were like there with my family, like responding to Facebook messages and on Instagram, tearing people up. And it was, it was really <laughs> cool. Yeah. I was like, I mean, in the message for me was like, I got these defenders on my side. I have this team. Yeah. One of my big fears about coming out was like, I'm the only Ben Shaladi on the internet. And like, once I put that information out there, I couldn't take it back. And my dream job had been to work at the MTC as an administrator. They're like, mm. that was, I want, like, like I was getting a PhD and how people learn languages so I could like work at the MTC. And I was like, they're never going to hire a gay person. Like I am giving up my career if I do this. And I, and like my other like dream job was to work in the Spanish department at BYU. It was like, there's no way BYU would ever hire an openly gay person. Mm. I just like felt like I was giving up my career. And then when I applied for the social work program at BYU in 2017, I made sure I put in my application that I was gay. Cause I was like, if they don't want that, I don't want to go there. I need to know. Yeah. And then when I applied for my, my job right now, I was like, I'm going to say I'm gay in this application because if they don't want that, then I don't want to be there. Boy, do your thing. And luckily for me, like I've been in places where, that's like it's okay but i i think that some people might actually lose opportunities just like i feared i would even though i didn't mm-hmm. yeah and and hopefully through that other opportunities will open you know like I, like i i feel like i just have to live in that mindset because that's depressing that sucks ben like mm-hmm. your dream job you can't have because you were born that's horrible and like well i couldn't have had it if i hadn't been born so Okay, well, see, I bet you're so way to, way to look at the but, glass half full. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but like, that's the really sad. Like, and it reminds me when we had Travis Stewart on how he has been a stake president, a mission president, also worked in the MTC. And we asked him if he, he, he came out when he was like, like, like 50, 50, a little bit older. And we asked him, um, yeah, <laughs> Stacy's like, what? Shook it, jaw on the floor. <laughs> but, but we asked him if we, he wishes he would have come out earlier. And he was like, Honestly, I've really loved all the ways I've been able to serve in the church. And had I come out earlier, I never would have been a mission president. I never could have served in a state presidency. And that that eats me. It's been almost a year since that episode. And I think about that a lot. I'm That's like, beautiful, but sad. It's AF. tragic. And, and so I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm just like, church, come on. Like, yeah. like, like, we are inhibiting some of the most beautiful, creative, introspective people from being leaders. Or just being involved. That's hard. That's really I, hard. And I think it comes down to what I said a little earlier, where it's like, if you can't be yourself around someone, you feel like you have to edit something, that might be a red flag. You know what I mean? And I think about that in context of people all the time, where it's like, if you don't want to be around me because of something, especially I can't control, then you know what? It's best for both of us. It's best for both of us. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put myself in that situation. And I think 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to with that, but that kind of breaks my heart. And it's also kind of like what Ben, we've kind of been using this recently more often too. When we talk about stages of coming out and how straight people inevitably kind of go through that same process of like, like shock and denial and discomfort until they like gradually grow more comfortable. And then hopefully eventually to be like very supportive and so, again, I guess it's just that dance between, like, allowing people space for themselves while also being authentic. Just to build on something that Stacey said and what you were saying just now, Charlie, it's kind of, it's kind of coalescing in my head. I, I heard someone say recently that, that, the, that the church is kind of going through different stages as well. Like, there was a phase where, like, we were afraid of gay people. And yeah. then we kind of, like, moved to a phase where we were, like, felt bad for like, gay people, like, pitied gay Pity. people. And, and now we're moving to a place where we're going to, like, celebrate the contributions that LGBTQ people can, can make in our communities. I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I was like, I, I would I was not like, use the word celebrate. I think we're, like, accept that it's maybe reality i was really but i mean are there but ways you feel like it's been celebrated because when you said that i was like where have you been seeing this i mean i, I feel kind of celebrated sometimes but mm-hmm. i mean like i'm very much in like the box that what? the church would like me to be i was gonna say yeah. you, you might be like kind of like a golden child for the church too where <laughs> you it's little like egg you a golden he's, egg you. he's existing how he is but also in how we want him to well, i mean is well, that well i mean i, I don't want to speak for you how do you feel like that is as well, far as well i feel child? like i'm living how i want to live which is I mean, which also, is congruent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is congruent to how the church wants me to live. Well, I, I think and sometimes I feel like in theory, me being like, in, well, not just me, like anyone being gay is like, yeah, that's cool. We're happy for you. But in practice or like when it like actually hits home, it's like, Ooh. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh yeah. Like I love gay people. But when it's like your sister or your son, it's like, hold up. Oh, hold like up. I got There's some, there's some, there's some here. dissonance here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me finish my thought. Cause I wasn't quite done. Yeah, sorry. So I think the pros and cons of coming out are, there are difficulties in coming out because we're still in a place where we might feel like pitied or rejected or, mm-hmm. or not fully embraced or people might say they love us, but be like, ah, that actually makes me feel uncomfortable as we come out we're going to be able to move to a place where, where it's more of a normal experience. It isn't so jarring to people. Ooh. Yes. And as we, you mean like individuals? No, just the three of us. <laughs> yeah. No, no. no I the mean, rest I, are excluded. <laughs> no, I, I mean you like as, so quickly. <laughs> no, I, I mean as people like like feel compelled to and called to come out. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to help us get to a healthier place as a people. Yeah. I I don't know. I think this is. I think this is like some good chat. You guys are making me think, even just with the context of talking about being in the church, because I think I'm at th- maybe in like, not the opposite end of you, Ben, but it's just one of these things where it's like, I really like certain aspects of the church and I am very headstrong and stubborn. So I'm not just going to like bow out and ditch something if I feel like, oh, people are mean. Yeah. I'm also like, whatever people you mean, I'm going to do my thing. And Stacey, you're in I my feel. ward and my ward is very nice. Oh, I love our ward. <laughs> um, you're in my ward, excuse me. You were so, in that ward longer. <laughs> you are in our ward. <laughs> but I think I'm on the opposite end of the way that I'm like dating with the intention of marrying a man and raising children you know what i mean and having a picket fence and a dog and like insert audible gas all the evil things the gay people want to do just have a family and be happy i i think i'm like on the opposite end of that spectrum as far as like being the golden child but i think the work is the same if you are honoring yourself and being who you are you're going to be making changes it may not be fast it may not be when you want it to be but like being authentic is such a powerful tool yeah and I know if you asked almost everyone in, in, in our ward, they would say, we would rather have Stacy here with his boyfriend than not here. Really? I'm going to, I'm so. going to, I'm going to take it. I actually, I actually take, really just don't even care. Where take, it's a, like, take a straw poll next time you come. Yeah, I'm like, I rolled up in that ward and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be bold because I know this is kind of scary, but listen, I'm, I'm new to the, in town. That's like the John Mulaney stand up. I was like, I'm new to the ward. I'm gay and I'm going to date. And the, and the, like the first counselor, the Bishop Brick was like, Oh, cool. Well, welcome. And I was like so disarmed. I was like, oh, I, I was ready for like a like a, a tussle. No, but the thing is, I prepared a conversation I, like, I had already, and that wasn't no, 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 no. Here, here's the script. You say what? And then I, I, you know, no. But he was like, I, he was like, this is great. My kids come to the ward. We don't have enough diversity in this area anyway. I'm so happy to have you here. And I was like, it, excuse me. And I got a calling soon after, and I was like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, it was actually probably the same member of the bishopric. After I spoke in church and like talked about being gay, he said, Ben, I am so lucky my kids to get to grow up in a ward that you are in. Oh, Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I love that. But that was like, for me, it was like one of those things where it's like, you, Ben, probably did a lot of good work for me before I came into that ward. I probably came into the ward, and you had probably softened some hearts to help people understand in a way that they were like, ready to be more supportive. 
And yeah. I'm excited to contribute the same in my own way, like just to be authentic. Ben and, walks so Stacy could run. Ben walks so Stacy. I'm, I'm a. I'm, I want someone to embroider that so I can put it mounted in my house. <laughs> you know, as we're talking about like church and the religious aspects of coming out, I've been thinking about how I feel like my testimony is so much more authentic, and I don't even know if I can like describe that or categorize it. But I just feel like the way I see God is so much more robust and colorful now that I'm being myself. And also like the, the parts of my faith that have been like challenged, I've had to like fight for it And I like actually believe, and you know, it's kind of put me through like a refiner's fire of sorts. And I, and I feel like maybe wrestling with that faith makes it strong. Yeah, definitely. And, and I just feel like I see the gospel through so much more of a pure lens because I'm not filtering it with anything else. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is me in the gospel, not like, the me that I wish I was is testimony. It's like, no, this is mine. Okay. This, these are my thoughts on this. Cause I, I love this so much. Have you heard this analogy? Have you ever tried to steer a car that's parked? Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of hard, right? You like yeah. try to turn the wheel and it's like, you feel You hear the tires grind. It's like, oh, it's impossible. Have you ever tried to like, when you're going down the highway on going 80 miles an hour or 70 miles, if you follow the speed limit and you, have you ever tried to like change lanes? It's like, I've never changed lanes before. <laughs> Ben, you're so fast. But it's like you, you go to change lanes and you just think about turning the steering wheel and you're like in the next lane. It does. Uh-huh. It requires very little effort. And I think someone once said this analogy to me that never left me. That's kind of how God works in our lives sometimes. Is that it's a lot harder for him to, change, to, move, to move you to shift that steering wheel if you're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? If you're not moving forward, trying to like understand yourself better, just trying to move forward. It's like, it's a lot, it's a lot easier for him to guide you when you're moving. And I think in our own personal lives, I think it's a lot easier to reach guidance and strengthen that connection with him when we're trying, when we're making attempts to learn and grow, even about ourselves. And I think about that a lot. I told my mom, I was like, after I came out, I feel like my testimony, or I feel like my relationship with God strengthened so much. And I feel like I trust, I just wholeheartedly trust that as I attempt to stay close to God, that as I'm moving... He will help me know if I'm moving in the right or wrong direction. But I know I got to be moving. I just know I got to be moving. And I think yeah. that's something to be said about growth. So, Stacey, what would you say to someone who's been thinking about moving, or in this case, I guess, coming out, because that's the topic for today, and is is worried, is, is kind of hesitant to come out because of, of these, these any cons they see, this like hmm. balancing of pros and cons? Stacey, is your concern that? Can I just tell a story that's not super related? Please. Okay. Yeah. So, when I found out my mom was going to move to assisted living a few weeks ago, it was like devastating and i'm not a i don't really know what it's like to like experience clinical depression like i'm just a very happy optimistic person i had like a 22-hour depressive episode like i just wanted to like lay in my bed and do nothing and right after this started charlie you called me and there was like something i had to do that night and i just like didn't have the energy to do i just like wanted to lay in my bed and do nothing just be sad and you said oh ben i'll do it for you and you just like did it for me and that like took off this huge relief for me. Like it was such a relief for me because I didn't have the energy to handle that right then. And, you know, people who are trying to figure this out, like sometimes we don't have the energy to like take the next step. And you taking that off my plate was so nice. And like that night I had already planned on having dinner with my friend Kelsey and going to tap class like we do every Tuesday night. And so, and I, I did that. And like by the end of it, I was just worn out and exhausted. And I never feel that way. Like I don't feel that way. And I was like, I can't believe I made it through today. Like I barely made it. And so, you know, I don't want to like quote Frozen 2 too much, but you know, I feel like sometimes you just kind of like do like, like just like find the energy, like do the next thing to do. But sometimes it's just really exhausting. I just like want to acknowledge that, that like this isn't, we can say like do this thing, but I realize sometimes you just want to lay in bed because you don't have the energy to move forward. Oh man, I get it. That was me during, after George Floyd, I, I kind of like had to remove myself from the world, which does not happen because I'm kind of like the same way. I'm like full of energy, full of life, incredibly chipper. I found myself in bed for like, two weeks and I just like couldn't get up which was so different for me but I think I I just like double testify baby like it little things helped having little things to do helped and it's okay to take your time and kind of to answer Charlie's question transition into that there's no rush there is no rush you know what I mean? Like, I think in times we feel, I felt inner turmoil with myself. Where I was like, I need to do this thing. But there's just no rush. It's okay to take your time. It's okay to think things through. But when it comes to these cons of coming out, and we've talked about, we might have missed some. I don't know. Like, once again, Charlie said, 
it feels sometimes like a little investment. It feels sometimes like ripping off a Band-Aid so you can really heal. It might hurt, but you're going to get a lot more out of it in the long run. As long as you're, you're making sure you're safe as you move forward. Uh, most of the time, I feel like it's a little... It's not as bad. It's like the anticipation is the worst part. You know, mm-hmm. it's like skydiving or even jumping off the high dive. It's like the the act of hitting the water is not as bad as standing up there staring down and being like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And then you, you know can I mean? swim, baby. You just swim. And then you can <laughs> swim. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what that part of the analogy means, but it, it feels good to me. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> you could just, just float. Cut through the water. Yeah. yeah. Stacy, do you wish you had come out sooner? You know what? I get, I've thought about this before and I, I really feel like it happened in the time it was supposed to happen for me. I really enjoyed my life up to that moment. I wasn't someone, and this is not the case for everyone, but I wasn't like constantly struggling and like bashing my head up against the wall. Like, what am I doing? Oh, the turmoil. I felt like I was pretty congruent with myself. And when it came to the point where I started feeling discomfort, I, I jumped in and started analyzing like, okay, what's going on? Oh, maybe the way I'm living isn't a way that I can keep living. It doesn't feel like it's sustainable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, as it came, I feel blessed that I handled it and treated it. And yes, I'm 30. I guess I was 30 when I came out, but it worked for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same for me. Like when I came out to my two friends when I was 23, like that was the right time. Then coming out publicly at 30, that was like also the right time. Yeah. For me. I feel like maybe for, I don't know, like, cause it is different for everyone, but like, I think our gut listening to your gut, listening to yourself is um, important. I think it's important. Yeah. You know it's, I mean? it's like when you know to eat, like what is your, like mm-hmm. what is your soul telling you you need exactly. to do? Exactly. Don't eat because I'm telling, because I'm eating and I want to eat right now. Just do it when you, when you feel yeah. compelled or when you feel I'm needed. I'm not going to have a Dr. Pepper. I want a Coke. I want a Coke. I want a Diet Coke with a lime. I want a regular Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just take a water. <laughs> <laughs> You're dismissed. <laughs> Drink water, brush your teeth. You're doing a good job. I always feel like I actually do want to leave off. I like, well, like when I get out of here, I'm like, I think we just beat ourselves up so much. We are our worst, our own worst critics. We bash ourselves. We tell ourselves the biggest lies about what we can and can't do. We know ourselves better than anyone else. And we'll use that against ourselves so often. But you got to remember, like, you're doing fine. You're doing good. It's okay. And it's not the end. Yeah, I mean that so much, so wholeheartedly. Yeah, you're on your timeline, and that's the best timeline for you. Yeah, you're doing okay, even if it doesn't look like the way someone else is doing. Even if it feels like it's messy, it's okay. You'll be okay. Gas them up, Stacy. No, gas them all up, guys. I teach fitness classes, and I (laughs) I go into inspirational so fast. (laughs) Let's go, ladies. But I mean it. I mean it, dude. That's awesome. Mm. Hey, Stacy. Again, we appreciate the time you took and your vulnerability and your jokes. Oh, oh, hold up. That was another point I was going to make. What? A pro coming out. I make some bomb jokes nowadays. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> was so not funny before he came out. But oh, now, no, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, if you can land the right gay joke at the right time, it really hits. For yeah. example. When someone's like, go straight here. Like, well, I tried that. <laughs> you get the low hanging fruit jokes so easily. Uh, yeah, just I, I kind of hate low hanging fruit jokes, but I admit when it comes to being well, gay, sorry, I've not done a it professional before. comedian, Stacy. No, I've done, I do it too. I do it too. Someone was like, what's your favorite thing in your closet? They were just like getting to know you. And I was like, not me anymore. <laughs> but it's like low hanging fruit. I look so good. Fun. Cause I spent years in there. <laughs> anyway, but honestly, like, it's fun to have you on. We're grateful you came back. Cool conversation. You guys, stop. Yeah, thanks, Stacey. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. If you have enjoyed this or other episodes, please consider leaving a review, following us on Instagram or Facebook at Questions from the Closet, or sharing this podcast with someone you love. And as always, please remember that we do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University. We are not trying to be prescriptive or tell anyone what to think or what to do. You heard three perspectives and there are many, many more. We encourage you to listen to other voices and hear a wide variety of experiences. If you would like to submit a question or share a comment about today's episode, you can email us at questionsfromthecloset at gmail.com. Until next time.